we're really wanting, I guess, companies that may not have the opportunity otherwise to get in front of a big audience. We want to reach at least 1.1 to 1.2 million marketers throughout the event. And so as part of that, you know, we really want to honor the, the winners and the, the folks that actually proved it and earned that they are, they are the most innovative. So um, the winners really do get that pride of place within um, the MarTech Weekly and the MarTech 100 um, Awards event. You're listening to the Digital Data Cafe podcast where we talk about everything data-driven in your world. Join us each week to hear from the world's top business and industry leaders on why using data in a digital world matters. Here's your host, Albert Thompson. Hello, another episode of Digital Data Cafe. I am your host um, and CEO of Driven IQ, Albert Thompson. I am here with Mr. Juan Mendoza. I'm super excited because he's the oh-so-infamous Mr. Juan Mendoza. I uh, heard him the other day on, on Shapiro's MarTech podcast. Juan, welcome. Hey, Albert. It's great to uh, join you on the podcast and uh, and great to actually finally meet you, the mysterious Albert. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, same here. You know, it's been uh, back and forth, lots of prep and and getting uh, getting staged for the call, but I'm excited and and we've got a lot of things to unpack today, and I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about what you guys are doing um, at the MarTech Weekly, and would love to, to kind of learn more about you. So before we kick it off, um, you know, audiences are always interested. They want to learn. Tell us more about you and who's Juan Mendoza, and, and tell us your story. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so uh, I'm Juan Mendoza. I write the MarTech Weekly um, newsletter um, and um, obviously the founder and CEO of the company. Um, but what we do at the MarTech Weekly is we help um, folks that are working in the marketing tech space to figure out what's actually happening. You know, what are the pressures, the changes, the hype cycles, the trends that are actually going on in the marketing tech space. Um, about three years ago in the height of COVID, and I remember back then, Every man, woman, child had their own podcast or webinar or article or whatever. Um, but at that time, like all the consumer attention shifted online. Um, at, and I was working as a consultant, working with enterprise brands, um, helping them to stand up their marketing technology programs from everything from customer data platforms to marketing automation to personalization and A-B testing um, through to media buying and ad tech. Uh, I was working with a lot of enterprise brands. And increasing the questions came um, throughout COVID in particular was, where's this industry going? I mean, there's so much change, so much innovation. There's more than 11,000 companies in this space. It grew from 2022 to 2023, it grew by a thousand new marketing technology companies. And so there's so many companies now in the marketing tech space. Um, there's more, uh, LXA estimates there's more than $300 billion in value in the MarTech industry. And I found back in 2020, I was like, hey, it's actually pretty hard to figure out <laughs> what are the main things worth paying attention to in the marketing tech space? And so I started writing. I started writing on LinkedIn, um, doing a very small summary each week on Fridays about this is the things that I've read. These are the things that may be important as shifts in the marketing tech industry. And, um, and then over that time, um, it grew and I reached about 30,000 people in that first three months. Post that, I um, launched the newsletter and then I launched Making Sense of MarTech, the podcast shortly after that. And then we've been growing and growing and growing. 
And now we reach um, subscribers in over 65 countries uh, from folks that uh, work at Gartner or New York Times, uh, consumer brands like Spotify, um, large marketing tech vendors like Adobe and Salesforce. Um, and so we've captured this really interesting audience and this community of folks that across a wide spectrum of the marketing tech industry um, to that all really want to get a view on what's the main changes in the industry. What should they prepare for in their career? What they should prepare their business for as the marketing technology industry evolves and develops um, and so it's been a real joy it's been really wonderful uh, we also uh, do a bunch of collaborations so as you mentioned uh, we do collaborate with the martech podcast wonderful folks over there on the west coast of the u.s yep. um, also with scott prinker um, we run another show called big martech which is a talk show um, talking about um, the shifts and uh, scott brinker he's the svp of platform ecosystem um, over at hubspot but he's also famously known uh, as the guy behind the martech landscape uh, which is the you know, 11,000 companies on one, on one PowerPoint slide. Um, and so he and I debate, discuss as a talk show, uh, what's actually happening in the MarTech industry. Um, and then also, uh, and lastly, we also are running the MarTech Weekly 100, the TNW 100, which is the world's first marketing technology awards event tracking um, the most innovative marketing technology companies from first place to 100th place. So um, that's actually applications are open now. And um, and I'm happy to dig in a little bit more um, with that uh, with you today, Albert. But uh, yeah, so that's us. Uh, we're really helping folks to figure out what is actually going on in this crazy world, which is the marketing tech industry. That's right. No, that's it's incredible. And, and, and you know, to be honest with you, that's one of the things that got me the most excited about it. You know, I, I was uh, watching you on, on Mr. Shapiro's show and, you know, um, what's, what's even kind of more interesting, right, is, um, you know, the, the fact is, you know, I'll kind of let everybody know, but um, you are uh, in Australia today, right? So I'm on, you're in Australia, um, I'm on the East Coast, and it's just amazing how these things can, can bring us together. But, um, you know, when you talk about your background, and when you talk about how this really all culminated with COVID and and, uh, and, and how the dynamic with the MarTech landscape changed, um, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, my background, 25 plus years, um, advertising digital MarTech. Um, advertising experience, working with large brands and, and OEMs. And and I, I couldn't agree with you more that I think COVID really accelerated that landscape. And in particular, how consumers engaged in the shopping behaviors. Um, so, you know, it, when you started putting all of this together, you started writing and doing your blog and, and you know, really bringing all of this together for the for the MarTech Weekly. Um, was this some of the things that, that, that led you to be the CEO of the MarTech Weekly? Or what were some of the dynamics that you saw changing in the ecosystem that was really um, encouraging for you? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that's quite fascinating about, I guess, the media landscape in tech, not just the marketing tech, but in broader tech circles like fintech or just general consumer tech, is that it is a very hype-driven um, media space. Yep. There is so much hype. And oh my God, like we've lived through <laughs> the uh, blockchain Web3 revolution that never happened, um, you know, ended right. up being a whimper and it collapsed. We had the metaverse, um, you know, right. and Mark Zuckerberg's vision for the metaverse. And then you had consultancies like McKinsey say that by 2030, the metaverse is going to create $5 trillion in value. Um, I think that uh, Meta is even struggling to get a few thousand people per day on their platforms, their VR metaverse platforms. Um, you know, and then and then now we're kind of living in this AI, generative AI hype cycle, right? Yep. And what I find is fascinating is that what captures the zeitgeist in the media space is these hype cycles. It's what everyone's talking about. It's what everyone's posting on LinkedIn and Twitter. It's what the journalists cover because they're on those platforms. And it creates this um, this hype. But what's really interesting is if you pay attention to the marketing tech space, you do have hype, but you also have pressure. And pressure changes the industry in ways that 
people don't really uh, comprehend and it's not as flashy and as interesting and as hypey as something like the metaverse or blockchain web three or crypto. Um, one of those pressures is privacy. Um, I talk about privacy a lot and my audience uh, reads it, but it's definitely not the most engaging stuff. If I did an essay on the metaverse versus privacy, the metaverse essays is going to get way more attention and uh, way more engagement. Um, but privacy is one of the pressures that have an even more significant change to in the industry. I mean, um, right now we're in, in this space where Apple's making significant dynamic shifts to how we can track and target users. We've got Google deprecating cookies, third party cookies, because okay. they want to um address consumer concerns excuse me about their privacy um and then we also have government regulations we have the ccpa in california gdpr which is ramping up still uh and we have a consumer situation where we have all these consumers that are a majority of the pew research center say that 70 percent of american consumers are worried about what data is being collected about them online that's right. So if you, if you look at all of that, that is a shift in how the marketers day to day will change how they do their job, um, you know, and how they actually work and what technologies they buy and what kind of strategies they devise in a changing landscape that's increasingly privacy focused. Now, that is not a hype cycle, but that is so consequential um, in the same way as a composable CDP or composable architecture and marketing yep. technology. The same sort of trends, not as hypey, it's not going to capture the zeitgeist, but it has, um, we have all these fantastic startups building composable um, modular technologies on top of the data warehouse and um, to better integrate within ecosystems and MarTech stacks. But again, um, people talk about it. It's an interesting shift, but the amount of um, investment like VC dollars and also product development from these startups over the past six months alone has been mind blowing. You know, I've seen small company startups like High Touch Data go from yep. we're a reverse ETL, we're just an ETL provider to we've got a full customer 360 suite and a platform, you know, we've got Sensor, same deal, Rudderstack and these other platforms. We've got Empirical and other customer data platforms that are basically are following in the footsteps or in the wake of these new um, composable warehouse native um, marketing technologies. But you know what? There's not a lot of hype around it, but it has a lot of influence and a lot of shift into how marketers use technology day to day. So I guess that I, I guess I would like to differentiate between what's hype and what's pressure, or what's real innovation and change. Um, and that I guess that leads us to TMW 100, which we're so excited about because yeah. I guess for us we get to see which companies are actually innovating outside of the hype. I've met some wonderful companies like Driven IQ that are doing some great stuff. Yeah. Um, most people would never hear about because it's not captured right. in some sort of hype cycle. No, that's absolutely right. And, and you know, just to touch on um, a little bit about what you're mentioning, and I, I completely agree with you. I think there's a lot of hype cycle, and you know, and and, and we'll get to the TMW 100 because that's even what you know the whole purpose of this you know podcast today is to really share that with the world and let everybody know what's going on with that. But I, I completely agree with you um, in terms of the Martech space, AI and ML, widely touted as transformative technologies. Um, and, and that's going to get really all of the, the buzz out there and getting everybody exploring and looking at AI and ChatGPT and all these great things. Uh, but despite that, right, you still have the disillusionment phase. Um, and, and these continue to be those significant forces. Um, and I agree with you in the marketing ad tech space. That's going to be the things that make the difference, the pressure that you're talking about. And um it's interesting that you brought in, in a high tech, you know, because there's the, the legacy CDP, right, versus the composable um, new activation of data that you already have in your data warehouse, right? Without any, you know, have, without having to add a lot of additional steps of data stores to to really move that data around and and, and shorten that that um that cycle to be able to seamlessly move that data in the warehouse within minutes. Um, but but again, I think that that's the stuff that's really going to transform um, the way that we do business with our 
you know, customers, especially from a first party standpoint and, and privacy. So um, that definitely does, um, to me, make the biggest changes um, that's emerging as a solution that's better su suited uh, in the market. I think that that's why things like this TMW 100, if you could, you know, share with the audience, you know, that's why this is so important, right? Because how do you decipher hype versus the transformative emerging technologies and, and, and enter in TMW 100? So tell a little bit more about that. Well, I, as I get into this, I've got a question for you, Albert. Um, sure. So my question is this. Uh, have you attempted to get on, say, uh, a Gartner Magic Quadrant or a Forrester Wave? Have you ever dealt with those sort of uh, big um, enterprise uh, research firms that track technology trends? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we've had um, several conversations with with, uh, with Gartner and Forrester, um, mm. and uh, we've, we've definitely been working with them um, and actually hopefully looking to engage with them this year. Hmm. Well, it's fascinating, right? Because um, when we look at um, which companies are innovating or which companies are, um, are better than others and how we rank or evaluate different tech companies, there's sort of two sources of data in this in the industry. We've got the top of the town research analyst firms like Gartner and Forrester that, that capture mm -hmm. a lot of the attention. And, you know, the reason why is that Gartner and Forrester have just been around for a long time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They carry the weight, man. The, the magic quadrant, all that. They carry the weight. Yeah. They've just got a brand. They're like the Disney of the MarTech yep. space. They've just been around for a long That's time right. and they're producing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the content is actually pretty high quality. Um, and then you've got G2, right? Or Captera or Trust Radius, sure. which is like your event, sure. like your rank and your marketplaces for SaaS technologies. And what, um, and actually speaking to our judges, we have a, um, a 12 judges that represent the international MarTech community. We've just done a bunch of video interviews with these folks. And I asked them in the interview, why join as a judge for TMW 100? It's its first year. It's obviously, we haven't, it's haven't been done before. Um, and I asked them why, and all of them said, like the majority of them actually said that the, the way in which we assess vendors in marketing is broken. Um, it's it's very hard because in the Gartner Forrester situation, um, it's very opaque. You've got analysts that are employed by Gartner Forrester. Um, you know, you look at the magic quadrant and you've got the challenges and the leaders and the, you know, and all these different definitions, but there's no definition in there that says this is good and this is bad. You know, it's kind of like everyone wins a prize in a way, you know, <laughs> I call like the, you know, and not to, not to denigrate them so much, but I kind of call those sure. quadrants and those waves as almost like a Myers-Briggs personality test for marketing tech companies, you know, <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah, are you a challenger yeah. or are you a leader? You know, what, what does it actually right. say about the tech? What does it actually say about how you serve your customers? And yes, there's a lot of detailed research as part of that. But um, that's one aspect. It's very opaque. You don't really understand what considerations are brought into those things. And then with G2 and the other sort of ranking marketplaces, you see this a lot where, you know, and I get a lot of ads myself saying, hey, leave a review for us on G2 and we'll buy you a $25 Amazon gift card. And when I talk yeah. to the judges, and these are folks like Scott Brinker and Franz Rima, Smart Martech Tribe, you know, um, Kirsten uh, Klissian from um, Marketing Tech Lab in Europe. Now, these are all uh, professionals. I mean, worked 20 years plus in the industry. And all of them are agreeing with me and saying that they can't trust those rankings anymore for their own research. They can't trust them because they're either purchased through Amazon gift cards or they've got undue influence from vendors, or um, you just don't get access to what the um, analysts are actually thinking and how they assess these tech companies. And so the MarTech Weekly 100, the TMW 100 is a solution to that or attempt to solve that, which is really thinking about how do we give this vendor rankings back to the community where it's not gated up by a marketplace or it's not gated up by an analyst vendor firm. Um, 
we want to give it back to the community. And the way we're doing that is we have 12 judges that represent the global industry. So from folks that live or that work out of far from places like Nairobi, Kenya, all the way through to Singapore, in the into Germany, um, in Europe, also in the United States, down here in Australia um, and Canada as well. So we've got an international representation of judges. All of those judges have signed on to say they're independent, vendor neutral, and they will judge from that perspective, um, including um, all, all of our judges. Um, and then we have, so the judges select the 100 list. So any company can apply um, and uh, the judges select the 100 and they so select the 100 through random allocation and voting. So they get all of their, um, all of the companies who uh, evenly allocate them to all the, event, all the judges. And then they get eight votes each um, to total up to a hundred votes uh, for the 100 list. Once we have the 100 list, we actually give that to the community. So the marketing public, the people who matter the most, the marketers who are using the technology, they get to vote um, however much they like for their uh, the tech companies they think are innovative. And so what we're really hoping for is that out of that, we get the uh, aspects from the influence from the judges who are the, the people who are actually leading the industry. And then we also get the folks that, um, that use the technology every day. And that will give us a bit of a signal as to from first place to 100th place, which are the most innovative. And so that's kind of the problem we're wanting to solve. We want to bring trust back into how we're assessing vendors. Um, we want to make it fun, of course, right? Like, <laughs> you know, where we have a ceremony in Anaheim, California in November, and we bring five first, second and third place out. We have a big party and all of that. And um, and as part of it, people's choice voting, it's very fun, it's exciting. But also we want to give the community a better say into which companies are actually building the future of Martech. You know, um, it's it's exciting that you're doing this, right? Because I mean, look, you know, companies like Forrester, Gartner, um, Captera, G2, they're, they're all very popular websites, right? And they offer reviews, they offer ratings for various software products, Martech, AdTech. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, although these platforms are helpful, right? They don't, they're not always hundred percent genuine. Um, and, and I think that there's a couple of things, you know, on the notes that I took today, right? So, you know, obviously, and, and you touched on it, right? You know, um, review your expertise and agnostic, you know, being agnostic. You know, I think it's essential that, you know, when, when you have your reviewers that are looking at the technology, that you got to consider the expertise of who they are, right? Their backgrounds, and they have to be agnostic. And I think coming in there from that, that neutral background um, and having that experience in the, in the industry, is going to really help to bring a unbiased approach to the software's capabilities, leading to less biased um, feedback um, and more insightful and more accurate feedback to the technology. Um, and then again, I think you can omit some of the things that we struggle with today, right? Paid promotions. Let's face it, you know, pay to play. Yes. Um, some of these reviews on these platforms may not even be entirely genuine, right? I mean, let's face it. How many times have we said, hey, to our favorite customer or to our favorite employee, uh, review us, right? Um, and, and, these are, and, and these are the cases, right, where I think fake or biased reviews where vendors and competitors um, can manipulate the, the ratings um, that real companies are making critically um, an analysis, critical analysis on these reviews to look for true um, platforms that they want to actually engage with. So I think this is what excites me the most about the TMW 100 is you're trying to solve that problem. Yeah, I, I think we, we're trying to solve it in a way that's fun, you know, like <laughs> like I don't know about you, but the last time I read a vendor vendor analysis report, it's like you know a hundred pages, and you know there's so much dense <laughs> yes. in there, right? And um, yes. and I guess throughout the event where we've got our public event, which we do the keynote, we announce the winners, we have a panel with the first, second, and third place. 
But at the end okay. of the year, we've got um, what we're calling the MarTech Innovation Index Report. So that's where we do deep dives into the 100 list and what's unique about them. We get um, folks from across the industry add their perspectives and, um, of course, the judges as well. And so, like, the whole idea is that it's just whenever I work with folks, including yourself, across the marketing tech industry, no matter if it's in Singapore or if it's in, say, Florida, where you're at at the moment or in here in Australia – I mean, um, getting perspectives from the community is just so valuable and so rewarding. Um, and that's what we're really wanting to tackle with the end of year report that really uh, features and honors the 100 list is that we want to get the community to react, to react to it and go, oh, you know, I didn't know this company maybe they've been around for 15 years, but they're still innovating. That's cool, right? Or this company that has less than five employees has been able to completely disrupt um, a whole category of MarTech, you know? And to get a community's reaction from that, I think is going to be fascinating and interesting. And so that's the whole point is to give it back to the community and the folks that work in this industry day after day after day, building this stuff, making it work, failing, trying again and again, to actually let them have a say to actually which companies are innovative and help them reflect on, okay, well, how does this influence their MarTech stack or their purchasing decisions as well? So, you know, I mean, look, uh, marketing is such a fun job, <laughs> You know, like yeah, it is it, the most it, creative, it dynamic role in any business. I think marketing is one of the hardest jobs in any business hardest because you, yes, because there's no, nothing set in marketing. Like in marketing, it's right. you have to do your analysis and find a strategy, execute on it to get to business outcomes, right? And like right. most roles in any company don't have that dynamicism to it. And I feel like we're missing that a lot in the MarTech space where it's this stodgy old massive 100 page reports or, you know, you see the same vendors again and again and again, and it's stale and it's just kind of boring, you know, <laughs> like, like there is right. some absolutely fascinating tech marketing tech companies I've, I've come across, even in the past couple of weeks that have applied for TMW 100 that I've never even heard about, you know, like wonderful wow. social, social media companies based out of, uh, for example, Nairobi, Kenya, or um, up in Lithuania, this company that's um, using AI for, um, for legal checks for marketing copy, you know, just wonderful wow. Fascinating tech companies you never hear about because they just don't have the marketing budget to reach, say, you know, majority of MarTech buyers up in, in the United States or around the world. So, so I think it's going to be exciting and very interesting. But again, it's you so, never know. It's our first event, so let's see if we can solve the problem. <laughs> well, no, I, I think that's that. that yeah. I think it is. I think it's already starting to solve the problem. You're getting a lot of buzz, and I hope that you know we contribute to some of that buzz and. I know we've kind of gone off sidetrack here a little bit, but let me circle back. So, and you've kind of yeah. mentioned it already, right? You talk about companies in Nairobi that are doing some kind of things, Lithuania. Um, so for those that are out there listening, right? Um, who maybe don't think that they should participate. I mean, give us a general idea of, you know, what type of awards are there going to be awards in creative, awards in marketing? Are you doing a subset, like, I mean, di digital marketing or what type of general awards are going to be given? And then I guess the second part of that is, what type of companies should apply and should people be afraid to apply? So should a small startup be afraid or should everybody apply? Yeah, no, great questions. I think so. Um, so the categories we're doing it so again, very different from what you normally see. You see vendor rankings mm -hmm. based on each category. So the top company in CRM, right. the top company in marketing automation, as an example. Um, but what mm -hmm. we're doing is actually we're having a list, a global list of first place, second, third place third, fourth place, down to a hundredth place. So all companies, all vendors, um, all categories rolled up into a single point of focus, which is first place. 
the holy grail of marketing tech, right? <laughs> and the, the, the reason the, we're doing I think, that, as, I think as Shapiro said it, right, not to cut you off, but the, as the way Shapiro said it, right, the, the, the man yeah. of the year, right, the sexiest of the year, right? So explain that, because I think that's a, that's a concept. I got to tell you, I, I remember you guys went yeah. back and forth. I was like, that's a concept that people are going to have to get their head around. Wait, 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 what do you mean? Yes. There's not going to be a top number one for DRM or a top one for a, DM, uh, a DSP. So what do you mean one through a hundred? There's only one winner. Yeah, there's only one winner. And the reason for that is we want all the focus on the winner. There's going to, there's only one winner. And when you have an awards event, so for example, uh, Cairns, Cairns Alliance, you know, they're not a tech awards mm -hmm. event. They're a, obviously an advertising. They, they take five days to cycle through all of their winners for their, all the dozens of categories that they have. And wow. I get the sense that when you break things down by categories, um, everyone wins a prize. I mean, how far, how far <laughs> niche do you want to go down? You know, oh, right. we're number one. We're a number one CRM company for uh, SaaS businesses that are this big, right? Okay, there's probably like three vendors in that category. You know? yeah. in, <laughs> like, in, in, like, in the state of Maryland, in the state of Maryland. Yeah, yeah, in the state of Maryland. Yeah, exactly, in the state of Maryland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They happen to have a certain headcount, right? Okay, cool. Like there's one vendor. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> you win a prize. There you go. Go, go put it on your website. But, but I guess- like, but, but what I'm really excited about is like, there's only one winner out of, you know, um, out of however many applications we get right through to the 100 list. Um, there's only one winner. Now that's not just to say that's just for the event, like the actual event, we went announced a first, second, third place down to a hundredth place. Um, but okay. actually as part of our research, we do a few things. So companies can apply through three different categories. So when we look at innovation in marketing tech, um, you can, uh, you can apply through new product and technology. So you've launched a new feature, a new product. Great. Um, the second one is customer service as a marketing tech company, how are you serving, serving your customers and how are you making them successful? Are you innovating in that space? Are you building say an online community or a better way to help them self-service or product tutorials, et cetera. And then the last one in innovation is business model, um, new pricing models, new strategies to grow your business. And we have these three categories. So we'll announce first, second, third place across these as well. So there'll be the global one to 100. And as part of our research, as we release it, um, that'll be in December. Uh, we'll actually announce um, the winners across those three categories. So number one in product, number one in customer service or success, and number one in business model. And then we'll also probably do some um, drill downs into each category and where they sort of fit within the 100 as well. Like, you know, we probably will still do the CRM aspect, but it won't be the focus of the event. It'll be part of our research really. Um, and that, as we release that in December. But again, you know, all of these things, we want to get a view um, from the industry of how companies are innovating. I don't think MarTech is just innovating in product. It's also innovating in customer success and business. So I think that's sort of the yeah. first act aspect there. Why are we not doing category-based awards? Well, we just don't want to create a situation where everyone wins a prize. We actually want a winner. And we want a bunch of losers, you know? <laughs> we want it to be like the Olympics, right? Like the Olympics, yes. there's only going to be one winner of the 100-meter race, and then everyone loses, That's you right. know? And we want all the no. glory to go to that one person that wins or that one tech company that wins. You know, I, I, think, it's, I think it's innovative. I think it's, um, I think it's you know, there's a lot of ingenuity behind this. Um, but, you know, probably a lot of people out here listening are thinking, so, okay, this is great. You know, this is amazing. I want to be in the Olympics. I want to be the winner. I want the glory. So what criteria are you going to do? So I got the Global 100. I've got, you know, innovation. I've got customer success. And I got business model. And I get the the, the stepping process here, one, two, three. But what, what are you guys going to do to evaluate me? And how do I ensure that this is yeah. going to be fair, right? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So um, so you, you can go to the martechweekly.com forward slash TMW100. 
Um, and then from there, you can register and create a free account. From there, uh, as you go in to apply, there's a few things we ask for. Um, so uh, we ask for some basic company information, URL, social media handles, all that kind of thing. So just a basic info. And we do ask each applicant to um, appoint a point person, a person that we'll liaise with to get them um, organized if they're in the 100 list or if they're unsuccessful. Um, I, I, across the actual application itself. So we ask a few things like headcount size. Um, we also ask for um, uh, what kind of funding they've got, if they're bootstrapped or they're VC, what level of funding. Uh, we also ask what territories they're operating in. So for example, you might be based in the US, but like a lot of your customers are in Asia. So it just gives us a feel for like which companies are operating in which parts of the world. Again, it's helpful for our research and also for the global 100 list. Um, but going back to the headcount range, this is the probably most important one, just in terms of basic company info. Um, because the way we actually do public choice voting is, well, we had a problem when we set it up, which was, okay, um, let's say we get Salesforce with thousands and thousands of employees. And then we have a startup with like less than yep. five employees and they're, they're in the yeah. list and then people can vote for them. How do you make it fair? That's right. Well, we, how do you make it fair? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we've done is we create a basically a fairness framework, which is we give multipliers of votes based on your company headcount. So if you're less than five employees, you get f for every one vote that you get online, you, you basically five X that. Um, so you get five hmm. times the votes for every one. Recognizing that as a startup, as a company with a small headcount. And we also verify that through Clearbit and G2 and make sure that, that they're, they're telling the truth. Um, but for the companies that are much smaller, they, they get for every one vote, they get much more. Uh, for the larger companies, um, they one vote equals just one vote for them. So for a company with more than 2,000 employees, 2,000 headcount, um, they get, um, of course, just one vote for one vote. So that's one way we're tackling like how to make it fair for startups. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. we do have, at the moment we've registered, we've got really large enterprise, massive tech companies. And we've also got like one person startups. And so, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see that mix together. But I guess that's one way we've done it. So headcounts are really important. But moving on to the um, innovation criteria, this is the guts of the application, which is if you select mm -hmm. a whichever track you select, if it's product, customer success, or business innovation, business model innovation, um, what we ask you to do is to uh, pull together a case study. So we've got three questions. Um, what did you try and solve? Or what, what is the basic details of your solution? Give us the case study. You know, what, what was the problem? What was the solution? What are the outcomes? And what, um, in the past 12 months, what have you achieved with that solution? What has been the business metrics, the outcomes for your customers, et cetera? Um, if you haven't launched it yet, and we have startups that haven't actually launched a product, which is super yep. exciting, right? Like companies that yep. are literally right in the early days of product market fit, fantastic. What we ask for those folks is um, give us an estimate or a forecast of what you anticipate over the next 12 months your product will deliver. Um, and then outside of that, we ask for up to three customer testimonials, which are optional. We also ask for a video demo and also a PDF case study if you have an existing case study. Um, and what I do, and I do get some feedback so far from vendors saying, hey, you know, we're a little bit sensitive around like um, products we haven't released just yet. And we're a little bit cautious about mm. that. And my feedback yeah. to them is um, try and um, put something in there that's um, already publicly available because that will be yeah. presented for the pub people's choice voting. So those applications and the case studies actually publicly available on our website when we open up people's choice voting. So try and do something that you've already done. It's already in market. You know, there's not any trade secrets or anything like that. Um, you know, that's one of our bits of advice for folks. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of the innovation criteria for applications. Um, for judges, 
I mean, um, we do have a criteria of seven different aspects of what judges vote on. So they get eight votes each. Mm -hmm. um, and what they select is we've given them a criteria to assess each application. So for example, uh, commercial outcomes, um, novelty, like, is it just something new that they've never seen before? Excuse me. Um, ethics. Mm. So is, um, is it is it ethical? It doesn't have an ethical view on it. Um, is it, it leads to good outcomes for businesses? Uh, you know, we also have things like um, if a company is um, has very strong customer testimonials that seem very genuine, you know, and, you know, that's another part of the application, um, I guess, criteria is those testimonials. It's really important. Um, so, uh, so all of those things come to us and say, okay, we've got our applications and our judges go ahead and vote over a period of, of a week. So, so there's a, quite a bit in it and it's obviously not going to be easy. You just can't put a website URL in there and say, okay, we're in now. It takes a little bit of work, but yep. what we really hope is that okay. we get some, like the fantastic bit is that we get like more than hundred case studies in the public of really cool innovation. And we hope that it's a great opportunity for people to explore what different tech companies are doing in the space. Now it, it's it sounds exciting, and I gotta say, um, you know, going back to what you said about just putting a little bit of work, well, you don't win the Olympics um, by not putting in some work. So um, I take it if you want to apply for this, you're going to put some work in. Um, now it. let me ask you this: so those listening, and we're gonna get this turned around fairly quickly. I'm gonna have our team um, do the editing and get this launched, and we'll get this all over LinkedIn and, and wherever we can um, soon, um, as well on the podcast. Um, you know. Uh, out there but here's the thing is so applications right if i'm listening to this now i think we recorded this somewhere at the end of july beginning of august uh how much longer for applications when can i submit um you, you talked about the process is there still time for companies to get in there and get in the game yes yeah yes so you can apply so if you go to martechweekly.com forward slash tmw100 um, you can apply up until the 25th of August. So 25th of August is when we close. So that'll be Friday, 11.59 PM uh, Pacific time uh, is when we close applications. So you can apply right up to them. There is an application fee. So uh, one thing I haven't mentioned yet is that we actually have a charity partner. So our application fee is um, $3.99 US um, to join and to apply. Uh, but we actually are donating 5% to She Loves Data. Now, She Loves Data is a, um, a non-for-profit organization that gets women and girls into the marketing tech industry. Fascinating work. They do like hundreds of um, free workshops, advisory sessions for executives in all different countries. I mean, I've been a part of a few of their sessions myself, just blown away by how they're um, really skilling up women and girls to get into the marketing tech space. Um, so we're donating 5% of all proceeds to She Loves Data and our application fee also covers our event costs. So we are in a partnership with marketingops.com. They're running an event called Mops Palooza which is kind of a play on words on Lollapalooza, if you've ever been to that uh, famous uh, music festival. Um, but uh, Mops Palooza is happening um, in Anaheim, California in uh, the 8th of November. And that's where we'll go. It's a festival, more than 500 senior marketing technologists, operators in the biggest brands in the world. Um, we'll all be meeting together and then we'll be taking two hours actually out of the event to announce the winners. We'll have a big after party. Um, we'll have a bunch of opportunities for photos and videos and all of that. Um, and we also fly out first, second, and third place, a delegate from each of those first, second, third place companies for free. So free accommodation flights, uh, join the event for free. And um, if you obviously get uh, the enough, enough votes uh, for that. Uh, so within that, you know, um, our application fee covers quite a bit. It's, uh, you know, exposure, yeah. of course, for our, our uh, public event, uh, which is with Mopsapalooza, 5% of uh, charity donations to She Loves Data. And then also following yeah. on with that, our end of year report, the MarTech Innovation Index. So so for us, it's um, uh, 
what we advise companies to do is register, get involved now. Um, you can start your application. You can actually download a PDF um, exa uh, example questionnaire of all the questions. So you can use that, chuck it to your team, have a workshop, think about what you want to do, uh, but try and get your applications in before the 25th of August because that's when the, the gate closes and then we'll be moving on to our um, judges um, to select the 100. No, uh, that's uh, super exciting. And I got to tell you, this is, uh, like you said, I think this makes... Um, uh, this fun, right? Uh, you said you want to talk about it making fun. So um, at the actual award ceremony um, event, you know, can you talk a little bit about some of those details, what the winner is going to receive? And, um, and and I guess the last thing, I mean, you know, you're really trying to make this um, memorable and impactful. And I think mm. this speaks to what you're saying about the, uh, even the application fee, you've thought this thing all the way through down to the application fee of all the things that are going to be a part of this um, memorable experience. So, you know, tell us about the awards. Tell us about the fun part. What do they receive? I know you've shared some of that already, but what does the yeah. winner get? Yeah, so the, so the winners get, well, outside of being uh, the glory of being the first ever <laughs> first place right. of, you know. The first first uh, ever, you know, the first best, yes. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, you know, like it's funny because I've had some tech vendors come to me and say, oh, we're going to wait until next year until we see which win, who, which companies win, oh, you know. And, right. and I'm like, yeah, I get it, right? An awards event, you know, you really need to see it to believe it. And mm -hmm. yeah, next year will probably be much bigger and much harder to get into. However, yeah. um, in the first year, you get the first movers. And it's like, okay. it's so fascinating because we're, we actually are wanting innovators and innovators tend to be the first movers. The people that are actually like, yeah, that's cool. I want to get involved, right? And they don't even yeah. like, yes, that, that makes sense for me. Let's go do it. And so that's what's really cool is that you actually get these first movers that are actually building really innovative tech. And then you'll get all the other folks that come in um, in the following years once they see um, the actual event and the success of the companies that um, that uh, win it. But just in terms of the actual um, prizes and what they get, so mm -hmm. um, as part of um, the awards events, we fly first, second, third place out for free to Mopspalooza. Um, then we announce them, we do a winner's panel. So for the panel for first, second, third place, we do a, a part of the uh, ceremony. We obviously give them a trophy. So we're creating trophies at the moment, which is, uh, mm -hmm. again, really fun and interesting. Um, but uh, we're, we're giving them a trophy. We're doing a panel with the three. So a good 30-minute panel in front of the audience in the main stage. Oh, very cool. And then and then um, the winner, first place, actually gets a 20-minute tech demo. So they can bring one of their customers and do it with them, but actually talk through their case study in front of the audience, which is really great. Um, we also um, give all the companies from one to 100, we give them digital badges, similar to what you see from G2 that can present on their website, their marketing collateral, saying that they ranked in a certain space. So they were number 55 out of 100, or they were in the top 25, or a first, second, third place. So we have digital badges that we give as part of the uh, winners for all the 100. Um, they get featured in the MarTech Innovation Index report. Uh, we also have a few other goodies. So uh, the MarTech Weekly, we are a premium subscription. So we have um, a $2.99 US uh, per year uh, uh, subscription fee for our premium subscribers. For first place, your entire team gets that for free. So that could be up to $50,000 in value. Um, wow. They also get... Um, some free value from marketingops.com. So they get up to five licenses for uh, their marketing ops, RevOps team to join the online marketing ops community as well. And so as you can see, lot lot of really great value i mean outside of that yes. being featured in the martech weekly newsletter and our podcast and all of the sort of media opportunities that come off the back of that as well so so it's well worth it for companies i mean we're really wanting i guess companies that 
may not have the opportunity otherwise to get in front of a big audience. We want to reach at least 1.1 to 1.2 million marketers throughout the event. And so as part of that, you know, we really want to honor the, the winners and the, the folks that actually proved it and earned that they are, they are the most innovative. So, so there's plenty of stuff to win. There's some great goodies, some great subscription goodies. Um, obviously there's plenty of merch that go to go around as well, t-shirts and stickers and all the rest, but um, the winners really do get that pride of place within um, the MarTech weekly and the MarTech 100 um, awards event. I, I think it's 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 incredible. And I think for those that are listening that are entrepreneurs like myself and like yourself, I mean, this is, is so exciting, right? It's, it's an opportunity to get out there and, and really go out there and, and take advantage of, of this honor. Um, but, you know, like anything, right? The success of an event like this, you, you got to get it out there. You got to do marketing. You got to promote it. Um, and look, I, I got to tell you, Juan, you are uh, an innovative uh, ad tech, martech guy. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, we wouldn't even be doing this right now if you were <laughs> not promoting uh, the TMW 100. So I think that completely solidifies to me and those listening, like you need to get on and participate. Um, but speak about that a little bit and then we can, uh, we can wrap up with how folks can support you and get involved. Yeah, uh, so if you uh, would like to join the event, go check it out. You can go get to themartechweekly.com forward slash TMW100. Um, you can go there. You can find out more information about our judges. Um, you can also download our information pack. It has all of our media stats and our partner stats. It has um, a, a breakdown of which companies have already applied as well. So for example, oh, wow. like 40, 40%, roughly, oh, roughly 35, 40% now of, of companies that have applied are all in the customer data platform category. So <laughs> it's going to be very wow. crowded, but, uh, but wow. following that, there's, really? yeah, there's 35 pretty, to 40%. Uh, oh, my goodness. yeah, yeah. But, there, but right, below right, that, right. there's a pretty broad split out of like ad tech companies, uh, mobile marketing companies, marketing automation, customer experience suites, personalization platforms, A-B testing, experimentation, um, dams and CMSs. So there's mm -hmm. like a real, real mixed bag by this the company that really wants, the companies that really want to get involved are the customer data platform categories, which is quite interesting. Um, so yeah, if you'd like to go join that, um, we are obviously updating everyone on the martechweekly.com forward uh, newsletter. So you can um, join us there. You can subscribe for free um, and go check it out. Um, and if you want more information, you can reach out to me at Juan at the martechweekly.com. That's J-U-A-N at the martechweekly.com. Um, and yeah, we'd love to chat. I mean, I've, I've just taken actually several four calls this morning with companies wanting to get involved and they all ask very different questions. And so happy to field questions and, um, and help with any troubleshooting as well. If, uh, if you're a, a marketing tech company, if you want to build uh, some great tech and, and show it off to the world, then, um, then where are then where the folks come and reach out to. Well, I'll tell you what, Juan, it's been amazing, uh, but I'll tell you what, selfishly, no more data technology platforms, no more data technology platforms, we want to shout at this thing too, so hey. we can talk about that, we can talk about that more at another time, but um, super exciting to have you, um, it's been incredible, I'm so thankful for the opportunity, and, and listen, we wish you nothing but the success, TMW 100 is, is going to be amazing, um, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners today? My only question is, are we going to see uh, Driven IQ in there? You're going to see Driven IQ in there. That's great. That's right. <laughs> you will. And listen, we'll talk about that, but that's why I was like, man, 40 CDPs already, because we actually technically qualify as a, as a CDP, even though we, we focus oh, on Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, by definition, we're a CDP, yeah. The, the definition of CDP is very fluid um, at the moment. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of companies claiming to be CDPs, which again is, again, a very interesting sort of aspect of the event because there's so many... 
uh, interpretations um, of different interpretations of how you manage customer data in um, companies. That's so right. yeah, it's, it's really interesting, mate. Um, but yeah, no, thanks for having me. I mean, just wonderful to join the podcast and to talk about the event. Really appreciate the opportunity. Um, and yeah, we'd love to see you there. I mean, Driven IQ, come on, got to vote for you guys. But no, thanks again for having me. No, it's been wonderful. And Juan, thank you so much. And congratulations. I appreciate it. Good luck to everybody out there who's going to participate. Best of luck to you.